Welcome to Shift the Gravity, a podcast of Traders Point Christian Church where we talk about what it means to be followers of Jesus who shift the gravity of whatever room we walk into. Let's join the conversation. Well, this is always such a great time of the year to just pause and look back at the year we just come out of and Mm. then look ahead to the year we're heading into Mm. and kind of celebrate some of the highlights and then anticipate some things that we just expect God to do in the life of our church and in our own lives individually. Mm. And so, um, Ryan, it's good to be with you today just to kind of talk about the fact that we've just come through another year. That's another one. Yes. Staggering to think about just how quickly. 22 went by, um, but uh, it was a really, really good year yeah. in so many ways. And, 100%. Uh, yeah, and um, so just really grateful uh, for uh, all that God has, has done. And so we just want to take a little bit of time to talk about that, mm. to bring some things to the surface that maybe many people in our church witnessed, they were a part of, they were aware of, and then there's maybe a lot of things that they didn't mm. know uh, went on, yeah. uh, both uh, maybe on the platform, but then even behind the scenes. Yeah. So... No, love let's that, talk man. About it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and uh, let's just go ahead and yeah, jump right in. So looking back at 2022, I feel like it was a big year. A lot of things happened, like you said. So um, maybe I'm just going to throw something out and just have you respond to it of what's the first thing that comes to your mind. As we look at 2022, oh, wow. baptisms, over 400 yeah, baptisms happened in 2022. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. In, in, in light of even where we've been yes. over the last couple of years, you know, in 2020, I can't remember the number of baptisms, but it obviously dropped just For because, sure. you know, we couldn't be in person with yeah. people. It's very difficult to do virtual baptisms. Just me and you baptizing each other week in and week <laughs> out. As again. Um, so that number is mm. really exciting to see. Mm. And a number of those baptisms came out of... Um, rooted, which we'll talk about yeah. here in a bit, mm. um, but uh, just uh, seeing that happen is yeah. like so thrilling. It, it really was, man. Um, I remember once I was uh, I was at the West Campus and we were doing baptism spontaneous. You were leading through it, and people are getting baptized left and right, and we're we're done. Like people are leaving, we're getting ready for the next service, and this family comes back in, and they had actually gotten in the car down the road, and their teenage daughter was like. Mm. I, I have to go back and get mm. baptized. So they show up and they're like, hey, we were here, we left, we were hoping we'd get baptized. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to do it again, second service. And they were like, we can't stay for a second service. Can you do it now? And we're mm-hmm. like minutes before service is starting. And I'm like, yeah, we can, we can do that. <laughs> and she goes in fully dressed, like in her clothes that she wore to church. Just She had just such a hunger and a want to get in there uh-huh. and to just experience that. What was happening on the inside, she wanted you know, just that act. And it was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment, man. But to think that 400 of those happened across our city, just here Mm -hmm. um, at our church is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Those are some of my favorite ones. When people leave and then they turn around and come back. It's like, man, it's great. That's powerful. Um, I'm just going to keep throwing stuff out. Uh, You know, this was a big year. Um, Midtown Campus launched January 2022. Mm. And I know you got to get over there a few times throughout the year. So what did that mean to you after obviously, Mm. you know, 
doing it once, COVID, and then coming back in a really big way this year. Yeah, you know, we had launched, for those that don't know, um, mm. our Midtown campus um, just a few weeks before COVID. And then when COVID happened, you know, we had to make some really tough decisions around yeah. just mostly uh, resources, both people mm. and dollars. Mm. And so we decided to, I think the phrasing that we used was push pause on mm. that campus just to reallocate some of those resources. Because um, a lot of that was out of our hand. You know, Midtown's meeting in a rented facility. Yep. And so we didn't know when we'd be able to regather. And uh, so that was a very painful decision mm. to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the day that we had to make that decision uh, was a really hard day for yeah. me personally yeah. and for our team. And uh, so to be able to relaunch Midtown was just uh, really cool just to kind of come back around full mm-hmm. circle on that. And yep. uh, we've got, you know, uh, Alex is just an incredible campus pastor, that team, they're doing such a great job. Yeah. And uh, so to see that relaunch and then to kind of see the future that we have, mm. we've got... Um, uh, a desire to get them into a permanent facility um, mm. in that area. And yep. so hopefully um, we'll, we'll be able to take some steps towards that this next year. Mm. So it's exciting. Mm. Um, yeah, hundred percent, man. And uh, not going in sequential order here, or, you know, but just kind of going all over the place. But the next thing that's on my mind is men's night. You know, we mm. took well, another, another thing that we kind of took a pause from a strategic one as past few years, but we got to bring those back this year. And maybe mm. if you could, you know, celebrate a little bit that night, but even the backstory of why these types of events mean mm. so much to you and why you thought, you know, now's the time to bring these back. Yeah, the last men's night that we did was in 2016. Mm. And, you know, uh, those t-shirts from that night, you'll still see them around. Yes. Uh, you know, guys will be wearing them mm-hmm. around town. And I'll have a number of men that'll come up to me that'll say that was their first experience with our church. Mm. Uh, I had a guy last night uh, came up to me and he just said, hey, when did we do the first men or the last men's night? And I said, 2016. He goes, okay, so we've been in, in this church for six years because mm. he was marking it from that time. Dang. So the reason why we do these events is, I've said this to this team before, is that these are not cul-de-sacs, mm. these are on-ramps. Mm. So we don't just do an event like just to do an event, um, but there this should be an on-ramp mm. into a number of things. So mm. an on-ramp into primarily first and foremost, like a relationship with God. Mm. We're hope, we're hopeful for that. Yeah. An on-ramp into the life of our church, an on-ramp into a group, uh, an on-ramp into maybe a serving opportunity. So we're always looking for that. And mm. then there's just something that unique that happens when you have these evenings. You know, We're going to do a women's night mm-hmm. you know, here later this month. Um, but whenever you just get a whole group of men together, there's some things that you know I can say to them as a pastor that I can't necessarily say in a mixed group, mm-hmm. uh, bo- both for men and for women. Yeah. And so those types of events are something really special that happens. Hmm. And um, you know, watching nearly 2,000 guys show up on campus, yes. devour. <laughs> What was it? 16 briskets? Or Hundreds s- of pounds of meat. Yes. Yeah. Lots of food that just disappeared mm-hmm. um, um, in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And then to actually even watch their demeanor, you know, whenever the first song, yes. a lot of the guys were kind of standing there a little stoic, uh, you know, uh-huh. and, or the classic groomsman pose, yes. you know. And then by the end of the night, you know, to see the guys expressive and to see oh. the hundreds of guys that came forward to say, hey, I've never had a fatherly blessing mm. prayed over me. Mm. Uh, e- even men with like wrinkles and gray hair yeah. saying that. And so being able to pray that over hundreds and hundreds of men. And then to see even the weekends after that, 
um, where mm. our worship services changed a bit because we saw the men leading out that yep. had been here that night. Yeah. And so there's just something that I'm such a believer in those uh, those events that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as we keep our focus on the purpose of it, it's not just to have a good time. Yes. It's not just to get together and you know have cool cars in the building mm-hmm. and um, you know eat good food. It's an on ramp into something more. Mm. And uh, so we'll be uh, rolling those back um, this yeah. next year as well. Dude, it was such a, a powerful, powerful night. And even your session, teaching through, you know, what does it mean to really be a man? And then that blessing that you walked mm. everyone through and then to receive that at the end of the night and just hundreds of hundreds of men coming forward. Uh, I remember praying with two guys um, brother-in-laws, mm-hmm. and they both wanted that blessing. They wanted to be the men that God had always intended them to be, and it was the first time they were asking for that, or even knew that mm-hmm. there was so much more that God wanted for them. And it yeah. was it was truly, I think powerful was probably the best way that I could yeah. describe that night. Yeah. And it was pretty wild that um, you did an amazing job mm-hmm. emceeing that mm-hmm. night, by the way. Thank you. I pre- did my part, you know. <laughs> you really did. Like you, It's not an easy thing to yeah. do. And uh, and you, I was uh, pretty taken aback by the fact that you showed everybody the picture of your oh, baptism. Oh, man. Which maybe we can put on this, uh, you know, this morning that everybody can see it. I'm up for that. Um, that was a picture, uh, you know, many, many years ago. And I'd say we do a before and after. We're doing great. We're, 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 actually, we're, we're aging We're well. aging like fine wines, <laughs> I think. A hundred percent. God is good. I, but yes. And I think that was another thing that really hit me too of just... You know, standing in that room, being on the stage and knowing, Mm. you know, years ago I was sitting there and then Mm. convicted of a same challenge, very similar to what you were putting out there, what it meant to really follow Jesus Mm. and to be a part of it from another side is just, um, it's remarkable. Yeah. So, it's great. um, Love it. And then I want to switch gears here a little bit and talk more about some of the kind of discipleship efforts that we really put into place this year. Once again, something that you've said over and over again, like you you have really no intentions of growing necessarily a big church, but you want true, like to be a part of um, true disciples coming to know Jesus more and more. And we've been looking for different ways, um, very similar to even what I think you're talking about with men's conference of an on-ramp to how do we help people get onto this um, path to look more and more like Jesus. And one of the ways that we started doing that this year and in a big way was rooted. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, would love for you to just to give a little bit of a pitch of once again, what is rooted? Um, why did we think it would be such um, a good thing for our church in this season? Yeah. I mean, I've been familiar with rooted for a number of years. It actually originated in Kenya mm-hmm. um, with a church there. And then there's a church on the <clears throat> West coast known as Mariners that mm-hmm. actually took it, brought it to the West, kind of rewrote it. And so, and, you know, we're friends with the team at Mariners and have been out there to see what they've been doing through it. And so we've been kind of kicking the tires on Rooted for a while Hmm. and decided to uh, roughly about a year, year and a half ago that we wanted to roll this out to our church. And so all of our staff kind of did the pilot groups. We Mm -hmm. were in a Rooted group together just to go through this and just found it to be exactly as the name states. Hmm. It just helps uh, provide a root system to your faith, Hmm. which is so important. Um, You know, when you think about Tree, a tree's root systems, you know, when there's a storm that comes through, if the tree's roots aren't very deep, they're mm. not intertwined with other trees, and they're going to fall. Mm. And uh, I think that's what COVID showed us, mm. not only in our church, but even in churches all around the country, is that, you know, when a crisis hit, I think one of the things that we recognize is that uh, to 
you know, it was unfortunate mm. that we realized that we had maybe a, a big crowd, mm. but did we have disciples? Mm. And I think that just for, for us just to look at that, to see 30% of our church maybe peel away and never come back, yeah. but our giving never dipped, mm. showed me that it was maybe God pruning his mm. church, that may, maybe, hey, hey, let's not just develop a crowd, let's mm. not just gather crowds, let's mm. make disciples, mm. resilient disciples mm. that'll still follow Jesus even in the midst of the crisis. Mm. And I'm not suggesting that everybody that left our church walked away from the faith. Yeah, I know that yeah. a lot of people landed in other churches or mm. they moved or whatever. But I think that it really challenged us to say, hey, let's let's develop, let's not just grow wide, mm. let's also grow deep. And those things don't need to be mutually exclusive. Mm. We don't just say, hey, we're going to grow wide at the lack yes. of depth, or we're going to grow deep because mm. we don't care about reaching people. Mm -hmm. We care about both. We yes. care about reaching lots and lots of people because there's so many people, now more than ever, mm. there's more non-Christians alive today than ever in the history of the world. Mm. So we want to reach as many people as possible. I'm never going to hang a no vacancy sign on the front of our church. Mm. But I'm also not going to like try to develop systems just to grow a church yep. for the sake of growth. Mm. But um, we're going to do everything that we can to reach people. But mm. when we do, we want to provide a track where they um, understand why they believe. Yeah. And we're providing a root system for mm. them uh, to be resilient disciples. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm, I'm thrilled about Rooted. Yeah. You know, we had like, what, a thousand people participate in a it? A thousand people. I think we've already got close to 500 people already signed up for this winter session of Rooted. Yes. And if you haven't had a chance to get signed up as you're listening to this, sign mm. up for it. I, I want to encourage people to do that. Um, like I don't know what thirty-seven baptisms that came out of the yeah out uh, of rooted uh, from that the rooted celebration night was phenomenal. It's a Wednesday night here at the church, yes. and it was so cool to see you know uh, I don't know almost eight hundred people here I think yeah. for that that they were just like all in yes you know there was nobody you know slacking no. that night they were all leaning in on and I'll tell you what I loved about it um, it honestly made me think of uh, youth ministry days when I used to serve in youth ministry in the mm. sense that this celebration we had a bunch of people come forward like you said and get baptized and the people that were there were so excited that they didn't stay in their seats so when mm. someone in their group was getting baptized everyone down flooded front. down to yeah. go up front and they circled the baptistry yeah. and as they came up everyone was just cheering and going nuts almost as a, it, like they were getting baptized themselves and it was just a, a yeah, just a beautiful scene of like this is this is it. Like they they're yeah. getting it. They are yeah. truly rooted in community and what God has for them. Yeah, yeah. And and just to tag on that that endorsement of if you haven't been through rooted, do it. Even if you've been around church for a while and you're like, is this for me? I'm telling you, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I just went through it um, at the in the fall of this year. And what I'll, what I love about it is there's a lot of good discipleship stuff, but tagging all of that content and then with experiences. So mm. Rooted's 10 weeks, but it has three experiences, a prayer experience where you get to just to spend an extended time with God, a, a serving experience where you go outside the walls and we partner with someone local here. And for me, it was amazing. We partnered with uh, Isaiah 117, mm. this organization that helps create temporary housing for kids that have been removed from their homes and are going into the DCS system. So they can house them here for about three days. Mm. And we got to go in this abandoned building. Uh, I mean, I felt like Chip Gaines. Seriously, I'm <laughs> kicking down walls, knocking stuff down. <laughs> and then to know at the end of the day what this space is going to be used for. It was just a, it was a really cool thing. And then you get a, an experience of 
how do I share my story? One of the, probably the most intimidating things for most people of like, how do I, how does my life and my faith intersect with the people mm-hmm. that I love and I work with mm-hmm. and I'm with on a regular basis? So yeah, yeah. can't recommend enough. Rooted mm-hmm. 2023, get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 42 new groups launched from, from Rooted. That, yeah, yeah, they started 10 weeks, but then they said, no, we want, we want this longer. And so that's been pretty cool too with yeah. 57 baptisms, 42 new groups launching out of it. Uh, and, and that's, you know, a lot of that relational side that y- you talked about. And, you know, we are Trader's Point of we want to help people find life-giving relationships. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Rooted does that. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to switch gears? Sure. Yeah. All right. So we're going to switch now. And let's talk about, um, and this one to me, I think, is one of the ones that uh, a lot of people are going to perk up on this side of just all the ways that we've made an impact as a church here in the city, but then around the world as well. So mm-hmm. I just want to celebrate uh, a little bit and then get you to just kind of speak into what it was like and um, how it hits your heart even in this moment. Of So for some of those that know, our outreach team has just exploded over the past few years. And, you know, uh, Shannon's doing an unbelievable shot job with FAM, our family and adoption ministry. So we have over 200 volunteers helping us meet the needs of vulnerable children here, the resource center, all of that. I know earlier in the season, we got to actually go out and um, sit down in the barn and to take a look at that resource center and know that week in and week out, there are people all over the city coming here um, to get crucial supplies so that they can take care of their families and keep their families together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then we're on the heels of this now, but an initiative that you just led, um, the Christmas impact project through mm-hmm. Shepherd Community Center. Um, this this chance that we get to do to partner with a local organization to serve the ne- near east side of Indy. We're talking 10,000 gifts. Like walk me mm-hmm. through like what that what's going through your mind, why you decided uh, this is where we wanted to go as a church and maybe even some of the impact that you've already seen as to us going forward. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is our third year to do this. And, Sounds right. Uh, you know, we used to do like the Giving Tree like a long time ago, which is a similar concept. But yeah. I like I like this partnership with Shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, we really believe in uh, the people at Shepherd and what they're doing. And you know, they open up a Christmas store so that way families that are in need can actually go, mm-hmm. and it's almost like they're shopping for gifts. Yeah. So they can do so with dignity. They can pick out the gifts for their kids. They can take them. They can wrap them. Mm. Instead of us just like showing up at a door with maybe a bag full of gifts mm. that are just kind of random. Mm. And so that way it it uh, is really um, providing uh, a source of like dignity and mm. help for mm-hmm. people. And um, I've really been encouraged by how our church has just wanted to jump in. I mean, every year, I think our vision was too small a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. And then uh, last year, I think, hey, we can inch this forward. I think this year it's inching forward again. Mm-hmm. I think it's just getting bigger and bigger every year as people... And I, it, it's really encouraging to me as a pastor just to see how excited people have gotten about it. And yep. we've had a number of people just come up and, hey, you know, I want to help. And mm. um, how do we... People out of state, you yeah. know, it's like, how do, how do we do this? And so um, we're really encouraged by it. Same, so. man. And I heard, you know... 10,000 gifts is what we committed, and they're thinking that would roughly serve 600 families yeah. on the Near East Side of Indy that, you know, we're looking at a very different Christmas if it hadn't been for, mm-hmm. you know, the generosity of, of a lot of our people. Uh, I know it even pulled together uh, a lot of people at our campuses to to come together, even like small businesses and local mm-hmm. organizations saying, hey, how can we pull our resources together and make a, um, a really big impact in this way too, which was, mm-hmm. like I said, just 
our people catching fire and, and seeing the urgency of it yeah. has been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and you were kind of, uh, towards the end of the year, it was like uh, leading one initiative after the next. Because right before that, you did the child sponsorship event with, mm. with Mohi. So, mm. man, we'd even love to hear a little bit about how that one got started and then what you saw that weekend and maybe even to catch everyone up to date on what was the final results of what we were able to do that weekend. Yeah. I don't know of anything that is that requires as little of an investment. It's like $40 mm-hmm. a month, which obviously I don't want to make too light of a $40 a month. That's, yep. that's a lot, but yep. we a lot of us spend a lot of that on coffee. Mm. <laughs> but for $40 a month, you know, uh, it, I've never seen anything move the needle to make yeah. as much of an impact as child sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of... Um, involved in this for about 13 years or so, both with Mohi and then we also partner with Compassion. So we do child sponsorships in South America with Mm -hmm. Compassion. We do child sponsorships with Mohi in Africa, particularly Kenya. And so we hadn't done a sponsorship since when was the last one with Compassion? I think it was twenty Christmas sixteen, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. So it's been a, it's been a bit. And I think we did five thousand child sponsorships yes. on Easter Sunday Easter, yeah. back then with Compassion. And so we kind of ran this back with Mohi mm-hmm. uh, to do it. And uh, I was really thrilled. You know, yeah. I think we had over fifteen hundred people <sighs> that chose to jump in and do child sponsorships, yeah. which. The leadership of Mohi, if people recall Mary and Wallace Kamau were with us, yep. they were thrilled. They mm-hmm. said that was the second highest, no, that was the highest uh, uh, child sponsorship since COVID Dang. and the second highest ever in their history. Wow. So, um, you know, we were just really thrilled by the fact that our people jumped in. I mean, you think about, you know, over 1,500 kids mm. just got sponsored mm. and the ripple effects that that's going to create. Yeah. Uh, is really thrilling. No, it's incredible, man. And it was cool, you know, to be on both sides of it. And even like some of our philosophy of outreach, we don't just want to send money to places or, you know, we want to not just have transactional partnerships, but relational ones. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at the, right before summer, I actually got to go over there for the first time to visit Mohi and to be in Kenya uh, from Nairobi to Khalifi and to see the legacy that, that Traeger's Point has over there. Like, I remember they would introduce me to someone and like, hey, this is Ryan. And like, hey, and they're like, he's from Traeger's Point. And immediately, mm-hmm. like people, there was just so much gratitude and thankfulness from what has been built there through the generosity of this church from, uh, you know, centers to, to, to churches, to new spaces and how they're, they've been able to expand. And now even with our partnership on a leadership development side, because they have these huge goals of going to, they want to reach a hundred thousand kids and have a hundred churches and a hundred schools. And now we get to partner with them, not only financially and not only through child sponsorship, but also through how God's blessed us here through leadership development. And what does it look like to raise up leaders that will be able to kind of move this vision forward. Yeah. So it was cool to see like a a threefold partnership really being played out yeah. all in one year. Yeah. And yeah. I just want to encourage anybody watching or listening to this right now that if mm. you want to, if you maybe feel like you're in a little bit of a rut spiritually, mm. go to Kenya. Mm. Like go to Kenya and spend like three or four days with Marion Wallace and Missions of Hope and yeah. let them walk you around, let them show you the thing and it'll humble you. Yes. It'll excite you. Um, it'll, it'll just, it's like a shot of adrenaline into your faith as mm. you, as you just see what's happening over there. Mm. And, and it just shows you collectively what we can accomplish together when we just all come together. Mm. And, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that partnership and what's going to happen in the future. I can't wait to get back over there myself. Yeah. It was 2019 the last time I was there. So it's, it's, uh, mm. time for me to get back over. Wow. Well, um, 
Man, so much, and that's just a that's just a glimpse, uh, very high level. Of yeah, what our, I mean, our part, the list of our partnerships yes. is pretty extensive. Like, mm-hmm. we just don't have enough time in this recording to talk about it. But mm-hmm. I'm really excited about just the organizations that we're coming alongside of, and the difference that we're attempting to make throughout the world. And you you said it, you know, Shanna leads mm-hmm. this whole ministry. She's doing such an amazing job with mm-hmm. it. So that's so good, man. So, and maybe this is unfair to ask of you, but as you look back on 2022. How would you tie a bow on it? Maybe what's what's the word or the phrase or just the sentiment that comes from your heart as we're at the end of this year and as you look back at you know all that God did over this past year, what's the thing that comes to the surface? It might sound kind of cliche, but hmm. I mean honestly, it's just, I'm just very grateful. Hmm. You know, especially given the few years that we've come through and just how challenging they were to kind of see what's emerging, mm. you know, out of that. And I've said this, I think I've said this publicly up front. I know I've said it to you and to some of the team is that there just seems to be a really healthy, sweet spirit in our church right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really grateful for that. I hope that it continues to last a long yeah. time. And it's easy, I think, as leaders to hear maybe the criticisms or the negatives, mm-hmm. but there's so many positives mm-hmm. and there's so many things that God's doing. And so I'm, I'm really, um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of recognizing, I, I have said this publicly, I kind of feel like I'm at halftime mm-hmm. in my ministry here. I'm mm-hmm. not presuming anything. I'm not saying that I'll be here uh, another 15 years because uh, that's not entirely up to me, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling very like introspective right now. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if this is halftime, mm-hmm. You know, when you think about all the big games that have happened, a lot of stuff happens in that third quarter, you know, that's big. And so it's like, okay, God, what do you you want to do Mm. in and through us next? And I don't want to dictate that, but I also don't want to be asleep. Mm. Like I want my surfboard ready, send a wave, let's ride it. Mm. And um, so I'm, I'm really grateful. That's good, man. And I think one of the things that I saw in 2022, and it's something you highlighted a lot in different meetings and with the staff was... There's a momentum shift. It, it even mm. comes out with the way people are sitting in the auditorium, the way they're leaned in, the, the change in worship. There's this momentum, this wave that we feel like we're um, getting to, to, to ride. And so as we are jumping into 2023, everyone's on the edge of their seats. Like, what can you give us as to, hey, what can we look forward to in 2023? What are you ready to share of what we can expect? Well, I'm anticipating it to be like a really big year. Mm. Like I feel it's it's kind of like that concept of Jim Collins wrote about this years ago in his book, um, you know, the principle of the flywheel, mm. you know, and I feel like we kind of got that flywheel kind of moving again. And, mm. and so Ned, the momentum hopefully is going to pick up. Mm. And as I'm looking at just the schedule, um, I'm excited about, you know, what God's got in store for us. Mm. And I've been able to just kind of get away and to kind of do some just prayer and Mm. planning and vision casting. Mm. God, where are you leading us as a church? So we'll be casting uh, lots of vision for what Mm. God could do uh, in and through our church in in the next two to three years. Um, you know, sermon series wise, we're going to kick off the year with a short little three week series called um, letters from my future self. Mm. So I remember this uh, book that I read when I was in middle school. Mm. I, I checked it out of the public library. It was called <laughs> Me, Myself, and I. Oh, and it was this fascinating book where um, this per- the character gets in a time machine. It has faces a problem. Gets in a time machine and goes back in time to meet up with their old self. Okay. And then the two of them get 
in the time machine and go back to meet up with even the younger version of themselves. And then the three of them like solve a problem. Mm. And I was fascinated mm. by that whole like, concept. <laughs> and so even in this like message series, I, I've actually had this question asked of me by a lot of our younger leaders at mm. times, like, Hey, you know, if you could give yourself any advice, like mm. when you were in your twenties or whatever, what would it be? So mm. this kind of concept of like, what would it be like to get a letter from my future self? Mm. And so we're just going to kind of walk through maybe like the two or three things that mm. uh, it's very personal for me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, go what would what would my future self yeah. uh, want to say mm. to old Aaron? So uh, we'll be walking through that, and then um, uh, right after that, we're going to do a, a extended series in the Book of Philippians, mm. which is just a book of joy, mm. just joy and gratitude. And uh, so we'll walk through that collectively together as a church. That'll lead us all the way up through Easter. Mm. That's so good, man. Excited for 2023. And then looking back at 2022, I know me and lots of those listening, man, thanks for your leadership. Appreciate mm-hmm. where you took us in 2022. Trust you, man, going into 2023. Uh, any any closing remarks as you kind of close us out here? Well, I'd love to just wrap up with a passage of scripture that I actually read during our We Are Traders Point mm. series. And I think it's just a great summary of just uh, uh, our past mm. and then kind of where we're headed into the future. You know, Isaiah the prophet talks about um, in chapter 43 where uh, God was recalling to the Israelites how he had delivered them from Egyptian slavery. Mm. It's a pretty impressive story, mm-hmm. you know, where he uh splits the Red Sea, they walk mm. through on dry land. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. And God's kind of like, yeah, you know what? Like, don't don't dwell on that. Like, mm. forget all that. Mm-hmm. And he says this um, in uh, verse 19, he says, for I'm about to do something new. Mm. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I love mm. that. As we just look at the legacy and the past, like the long-term past of our church, and then even just the immediate past of the past year. Mm. And let's give glory to God for it. Let's mm. be encouraged by it. But mm. let's not dwell on it. Mm. You know, God's about to do something new. That's great. And uh, that's really exciting. So, mm. and I can't wait to be a part of that with you and with mm. everyone else that's a part of our church family. Let's so, do it. Let me pray. Mm. God, we just are so grateful to you for the amazing things that you've done in the past year. And uh, now we just look forward in eager anticipation to what you're going to do in a brand new year. And so, God, I pray that there would literally be thousands of lives that would be changed, uh, that there would be hundreds of people that would come to know you for the first time, uh, that collectively together as a church, we would rally together and... um, just be uh, in expectation of the new things, the exciting things, the incredible things that you want to do through us. Because right now, this world is in a tailspin. Uh, It's either Christ or chaos. And we're seeing that right now. And so this is the world that you have made. It makes no sense if we don't understand it through that lens. And so God, I just pray that you would empower us, you would fill us. Uh, I pray that you would provide a sense of unity and generosity and alignment in our church so that we can bring as many people as possible to know you and then grow them deeper in their faith and trust in you. So that way we can withstand the storms and the crisis that will come because we know they will. And uh, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.